Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Modern Wealth Management. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got our star of the show, Derek Hutchins. He'll be joining me just in one second. But first, look, we want to welcome everybody aboard here to the Facebook live stream. Hey, half the reason we're doing this on the Facebook live stream is so that you guys, our audience, can feel free to chime in with any sort of question or comment. Uh, and, you know, and we'll obviously carve some time out throughout today's show to make sure that we address those questions and comments as we get going through the show today. Today, we've got a great guest brought aboard that's going to be joining Derek. It's Dr. Rob Bell mental toughness coach, author, going to have a great conversation surrounding their personal and professional relationship, as well as all the cool things that Dr. Rob is doing in this space of mental toughness. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to Derek to get today's conversation rolling. Derek, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody that's tuned in today and uh, those that maybe are watching it on replay. I think that today's going to be a, a really important conversation as we're going through not only a lot of market volatility, but just a lot going on in this world. Um, you know, full disclosure, uh, Dr. Rob is is my coach. I, I have him on retainer. I've hired him to help me navigate uh, the sea of emotions that a financial advisor goes through. And um, and, you know, over the course of the last several months, he has he's really helped me now. I'll admit I, I'm a work in progress and I'm uh, constantly striving to be better at what I do, more emotionally disciplined. Um, but really, this all started uh, not that long ago when I, I was I was at home and I was thinking, um, well, I had gotten home from a stressful day at work and my wife and kids were were trying to talk with me and my wife kind of. She, she wasn't too happy. She, she acknowledged that, Hey, Derek, you're not really, you're not really here. You're not really, you're not really with us. You know, what's, what's going on. And what was going on is that we were going through uh, some more market volatility. And quite frankly, I was, I was pretty stressed out. And um, I just so happened at that time while I was telling my wife this, I, I looked over at my eight-year-old daughter, Faith. And uh, for some reason, I remembered when she was three years old, I had an opportunity to take her to Disney World for the very first time. And obviously, that should have been a, a great experience taking, a, taking your, your three-year-old to Disney. But we were going through some market volatility and some stuff like what we're going through now. And because of that, you know, I allowed that stuff to really ruin that experience with my daughter. Um, as I recall, I was checking the markets every three or four minutes, was watching emails to see which clients had, uh, you know, had concerns and that I needed to address. And you know, even in the middle of the night, um, you know, the futures market runs all night long. And I was watching, I was watching the markets and, uh, and got very, very little sleep to a point that my wife asked me to go, to go sleep in the other room so that her and, and Faith could stop hearing my phone. You know, with some perspective and a little bit more experience, uh, I realize how ridiculous that is. I mean, I look back at that time period now 
And it's it's a little blip on the radar. And as I think about it, I'm not even real sure what the conflict was or what the market concern was that caused that. But I do remember that I wasn't fully present with my family in a time that I really should have been. And, you know, and, and in going through that, I can think of a whole host of other uh, times in my life where I was not fully present with the people that I love the most because I was worried about political, geopolitical market, uh, you know, different events going on and ultimately concerned and worried about what my clients were thinking about this. And it often feels um, it often feels like I'm walking a tightrope, you know, when the markets are up. Uh, I feel like, hey, I should have known the markets were going to be up and I, I can't believe we don't have more in. We should be more aggressive. And days like today when the market is down, I feel like a fool. Um, you know, uh, you know, why do we have any money in this market? You know, don't didn't you know that Russia was going to invade and that we were going to have uh, this this drop in the market? And, and so, you know, this this walking the tightrope is how I have felt uh, being an investment advisor for the last 20 years. And so for that, for that reason, as I mentioned a couple of months ago, I hired Dr. Rob Bell, our guest here today. And so, Dr. Rob, uh, I want to I want to thank you for being here today. And uh, I'm excited to talk with you about it. I don't think I've ever shared that story with you before. When you hear it, um, what what are your thoughts? My thoughts are um, whenever our wives ask us to sleep in the other room, that's that's a that's a red light. That's an indicator, right? We got to pay attention to that one. <laughs> but I, but in all honesty, man, it's uh, it's true. I think those moments, those are teachable moments. I think that's the importance of having coaches in our life. I, I can't coach myself. You know, I have to have a coach. I think we all need coaches because I just don't think we were meant to and put on this earth to coach ourselves. We've got to allow other people to speak truth into us, point out the blind spots, and I think that's what what's helped us navigate this this game of life. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I certainly appreciate the work that we've done together. Um, you know, you you help people have more successful outcomes in life by improving what you call their emotional toughness. Can you describe this for us? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was kind of blessed early on that I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And that was to work with athletes, coaches, and teams on emotional toughness, mental toughness. And that's per performing the best when it matters the most and then helping them cope, deal, and handle with the adversity, the struggle, and the setbacks in life. And it's not a matter of if we're going to face it. It's a matter of when we're going to face that adversity, struggle, or setbacks. And when I say athletes, I have professional athletes that we'll see on TV, but I think everyone's an athlete. Our office is just different. So a lot of people that are tuned in today, man, you're corporate athletes. And the reason why you're corporate athletes is because we've got the, you got wins and losses. You're going to prepare way more than you're ever going to play. And also with athletes, I don't want to jump too far ahead, man, but I kind of get going, but as an athlete, you compete and we just have to know what the game that we're competing with and, and who the opponent is. And we can always get into that, but that's, that's what it is when it comes to the emotional toughness. So, you know, I, I, okay. Well, that, that helps me understand that a little bit more, but 
you know, you say you you help athletes, and most of us here we're not we're not professional athletes, and most of us aren't even amateur athletes. We, uh, I I coach a first grade basketball team. I don't think that that quite makes me a coach. Um, so you know, for us, you know, let's just say us normal people. Um, how do you help us, and 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 how do you how do you perform the work that you do? It's a good question. Well, I think, and, and that's where it comes down to is like, what, who's an ideal client and, and who it is that you work with? You know, I work with successful people. I work with people that are motivated, that have success, that know what their goal wants to be and, and to help them kind of create that vision and what that path is going to look like. That's all I am. I'm a guide mm-hmm. and I'm a guide because of not only life experiences myself, but having seen people at where this putt is for $150,000. And or or let's just say a million dollars because it's been that. So yeah. this putt that they've done time and time and time again in practice, now when it quote unquote means something, what what do they get back to? And what they're always going to get back to is their level of training and their level of preparation. Have we prepared for this? Because if they're stepping over that putt thinking this putt's for a million dollars or this putt's for my first PJ Tour win, they're already automatically out of their uh, their routine. And so it's preparing for that. And so to be able to take that arena into the arena of life where, you know what, we have more time, we can massage kind of the the skills that we're working on. Um, it's the best part of what I do, man. It's just helping people get to where they want to go. And how does that correlate to, to non-athletes? Let's just, I mean, let's, let's talk about it in real terms. I mean, in yeah. We are all competing. We, uh, some of us are competing in our careers. We're all competing to live a better life. And I would say that today is perhaps one of those times when we feel like we're facing that, that four footer on the golf course to win the tournament. You know, mm-hmm. the pressure is up today. The anxiety is up. What do you have to say to us? Yeah, it's a good one. And that's where I say, well, Let's take the let's take the mentality first of all of being an athlete, and what it means to be an athlete. Because I think once you take that attitude that we're an athlete, we approach things differently. And the biggest thing as an athlete, we're going to have wins and losses. We're going to prepare way more than we're actually going to play. But the biggest part is is that we compete. Like I said, but we compete against the most difficult opponent. The opponent that we're always competing against has a strategic advantage over us. And it's our mind is who we're competing against. Now, perhaps people are listening and have heard that before. Well, let me explain a little bit more about what I mean, because we're competing against our mind because our mind, number one, it knows our strengths, our weaknesses, our hurts, our hangups, our headaches, knows all that stuff. So it doesn't take much to figure Rob out and try beating somebody one-on-one who already knows what it is that you're going to do. That's who we're competing against with our mind. And our mind has one job, one job. That's to stay safe. Your mind does not care about you reaching your goals. doesn't care about you being the best that you can be, even being happy. It cares about you being safe. That's the mind's job. So when we realize that, that that's the mind's job, well, what's the best way to stay safe? Don't put yourself out there. Don't, don't take risks. And so then our mind starts talking to ourselves, trying to back us away from where the risk might be. And so we don't encounter that. Well, you know, especially during the pandemic, well, what happened, right? Well, you you got to stay inside and rightly so, because that's the safest place to be. 
Well, once your mind starts convincing you of that, and there's always a little bit of truth to it, once it starts convincing you of that, now that becomes comfortable and getting out of that comfort zone becomes even harder to do. So that's, in essence, what I help people with, but that's why we're all athletes and that's who we're competing against. You know, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me as far as that the mind is consistently trying to keep us safe. And, you know, you think about any time that we are under stress, uh, when our anxiety is up, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves retreating, retreating from opportunity, retreating from plans that we made, retreating from the importance of the goals that we set when maybe the situation was less dire. And, you know, Rob, you and I, we talk a lot about about process and we talk about the difference between process and uh and outcome um you and i we've had you know like i said several conversations about this but can you kind of tell us you know when i say process versus outcome can you tell us one you know what's that mean and two, why is it so important to have that kind of a mindset, especially when you're going through tough times? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a great question. Like when you even say that, I kind of think of, well, I mean, it's you have an investment strategy that you put into play for your clients. And we've talked about that. So it's always yeah. getting back to that level of preparation. But that's the process. What happens is society wants us to only focus on the results. And I kind of say this, like a focus on winning doesn't lead to winning. A focus on the process does. And you have to realize that we are in the process business. We're not in the results business. The results business are for other people. Now, when we get into coaching people and helping people reach their goals, the reason why the anxiety stresses up is because we care, right? We care. We but, now we're, but now we're caring about pieces that we don't really have any control over. And that then leads to the more stress because we don't have control over the situation. We want to control it. And, and that's the part where then the mind just really starts taking us, taking over, it takes us to the bottom of the ocean in terms of how bad this could be and what's going to happen. And then we try to prevent that as well, but it's always getting back to our level of preparation. What are the processes that we have in place? And that's what we're getting back to. So, I, I kind of say, I mean, results are kind of like the sun, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to get warm by it, but you, you can't stare at that stuff. You stare at that stuff. That's where fear lies. That's where anxiety lies. It's going to lie ahead, whether it's next week, next year, a couple years down the road, maybe it's an hour from now, or the anxiety is going to live in, in the past, trying to remind you of the mistake that you made and you don't want to repeat that mistake. And that's how that mind operates. And that's, again, back, back to who we're competing against. But that's where I think process is more important than the product all the time. So you and I have talked a lot about process and specifically how it translates to investing. And, um, you know, for the clients that we have here at Monon Wealth, you know that you know they know that we have an investment process and the investment process was certainly written and developed in a time that was less severe than today 
we were not under stress when we wrote that. Yet we we built those plans because we knew at some point we will encounter stressful situations. We know that our tendency under stressful situations is is often to make to make mistakes. We've all made them in the past. I mean, everybody that's listening to this can probably think about um, a mistake that they made during uh, in investing during a stressful time, whether it was that you got, you know, you got out of the market in a um you know, in a drawdown, maybe the bottom of the financial crisis, you decided, hey, I just can't take it anymore. And I'm going to liquidate my investments. I'm going to deviate from the process that I said I was going to do. And I'm going to raise the white flag and say, this time is different. And I'm going to go in a different direction. And, you know, as we know now that that didn't work out. I also see people on the reverse. Uh, you know, stress doesn't just happen when markets pull back. Stress also happens when we get what we call FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, we're not that far removed from um, from people doing day trading on their account and and buying meme stocks and crazy cryptocurrencies. And, um, and and hearing stories all over the newspaper and TV about, you know, teenagers getting wildly rich by buying AMC and GameStop stock. Okay, um, we're we're not that far away from it. And just as tempting as it is on you know on down days to say, hey, maybe I need to deviate from my process. It's just as tempting when things are really great and everybody's making a ton of money, but you feel like, hey, maybe I'm missing out. That's just as easy to deviate from the process. And so what I want to say today is, is that if we didn't deviate from the process when things were great, if we stayed in our lane and we stayed, we stayed consistent to the process, then we also have to stay consistent to the process when we're worried and fearful, and we get a pullback like what we're experiencing today. So, you know, I listened to what Dr. Rob says, and then I kind of put it into, into, uh, into my, into my words. Um, but Rob, that that's a, that's a conversation that you and I've had at this point, probably what, five or six different times over the last couple of months. Yeah. Well, now, now I know that, that you're listening, man. That's awesome. You know, when my <laughs> kids, know. when my kids start making fun of me, I know they get it. There you go. There but you go. It's it's always like, what's the game that we're playing? You have to know what game you're playing because day traders are not playing the long game. They love, they live on volatility. And I don't want to step out of my... Please uh, do. You know, my realm of expertise, but I know that five months ago, if you had everybody in cash, they would be like, well, what, what's going on, right? Well, now the game changes because of volatility. And we have to know what game that you are playing. If you play the long game, stock market has always shown us that it always increases. It has never lost money. And, and that's just fact. If I'm wrong on that, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I think the stock market is up from 1980, 2001, 2010. So we're Absolutely. always winning. So, I mean, time is the best diversification tool. And you use time to that advantage. 
Um, now, it it's always just, you know, and, it, and that's the part that I always get to because it's just knowing what game you're playing. And I think if you understand the game that you're playing, you stick with the game plan. You make adjustments along the way where needed, yep. but you just don't throw out the the playbook because the first quarter has gone bad. And you have the structure in place. And I know that's what you do for your clients. Maybe the structure in place is being able to trust that. Now, and and that's the part of we got to be able to trust the process. If you don't trust the coaches that you're with, then we're going to be second guessing ourselves. And and then it's getting back to well, what's the the level of risk tolerance that you want? Are you able to sleep at night? And 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 that's the part where then you know we just get into the psychology of that part. But I always look at it, it's the interesting thing about negativity is, and we got to realize this too, right? Is the media feeds on the negativity. They know that the negative is way more influential than any type of positive news. True. And they and what do they want? Well, they want people watching their shows, right? And well, what's the best way we get it? Well, the sky is falling. Look, here's proof, and it's not in. It's not an incorrect, it's just incomplete. We don't have the whole picture. We don't know how everything's going to play out, but that's why it's getting back to time and just knowing the game that you're playing. You know the game that you're playing, it's a lot easier to stay with the process and the playbook. You know, you're absolutely right. And so when I think about you saying, knowing the game that we're playing, I think about that in the terms of asset allocation. Um, I personally can't think of any of anybody that I know that has a hundred percent of their assets in in long-term in long-term stocks almost everybody has uh, certainly if they're a client with me they have uh, they have a you know they have a nice cash reserve under you know understanding you know if stocks never if stocks never went down and only went up, well, there would only be one asset class. We would just put all the money in stocks. If stocks only went down, you know, and that's all they did, well, then we would have 0% in stocks. But we don't do that. You know, we, ha we have stocks, we have bonds, we have uh, maybe some commodities like gold. And uh, and certainly we, we, we help people understand how much cash that they're going to need for an emergency. And unfortunately, emergencies don't just happen when the stock market is up. So, um, you know, so we we try and understand, you know, with, you know, with that, that, that question, know, you know, know what game you're playing. Mm -hmm. Well, with each piece of the money, I think we have to identify what game are we playing with this piece of the money. And we have to accept that, hey, this is what happens when when it goes in there. If it didn't, you know, the strategy would have to change. Would you agree to that? Well, you just laid out where I think, and I think why you do such a good job, man, is you just laid it out. You know what the role of of this game is and, and the different pieces at play, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's move on a little bit here. Um, you know, it seems let's let's forget about the current stock market decline just for a few minutes and and let's talk about you know the reason that I really booked you on this show which was a month and a half ago before any of this stuff was uh was starting um and that is just the acknowledgement that hey you know since March of 2020 it's been tough right i mean this pandemic seems to be stretching on and on and on 
And, you know, here we are today. Uh, my kids are going to school without masks. Um, my understanding is, is that the, uh, the amount of infection has dropped approximately 90% from all-time highs. And we're starting to see kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. With that being said, I don't see this, this euphoria that I was promised. I thought that, you know, I, I thought that when we got past, uh, past COVID, you know, once we got the vaccines and once we started seeing a path forward and cases started to decline and restaurants and schools began to reopen, I was, I guess I was kind of promised by the media this 19, this roaring 1920s type of feel where everybody was, uh, foot for, you know, you know, feeling great about the situation. Um, yet when I talk to people today, I don't sense that. As a matter of fact, what I sense, Rob, is that people have some damage from the last couple of years. The amount of worry and anxiety that this has created doesn't seem to be dissipating as quickly as I was hoping. What are you what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a couple of thoughts to it, right? I mean, number one is, um, you know, when something bad happens, it captures everybody's attention and the negative outweighs the positive. And so what is it that sells? Well, the negative is always going to sell way more than the positive is going to sell. And that's why the loss has hurt sometimes more than the wins feel good. Mm. The other part with that and that we mentioned is, you know, well, let's just look at it in terms of it was a stressful environment that we all went through and are going through and, now it's sort of a, a post-traumatic. So you can look at it as, hey, it's post-traumatic stress that we go through and the brain is wired to point that out. Remember that feeling that you have, right? Because that, that's a feeling that we had a year ago. Well, what's going on? And we don't cipher through that stuff because we can't cipher it through our own mind. We're just stuck inside our own head. When we're stuck inside our own head, we're behind enemy lines. And that's the part of you have to have a coach. You have to have a trust advisor, people that you are able to talk to. And I mean, we have to be able to look at it as when those feelings hit, like what's an indication of, there's always some truth to it. That's the thing. But, but what fear does is fear is underneath it and fear takes us further than we want to go. And it keeps us longer than we want to stay but there's always that little bit of truth to it. So instead of like post-traumatic stress, we got to look at it as in post-traumatic growth. Like where are the opportunities that I need to get better at and, and to improve? Because what I see what the pandemic did to us all was we have an emotional gas tank. And what it did is it really, I mean, let's just say it cut it in half. So now we didn't have heading back out and going through everything. We didn't have the same uh, capacity to handle things that we did once before, because now we've had this uh, bad situation that has happened that has impacted us all in a lot in, in many different ways. And now that capacity to be able to handle the really difficult stuff has just dropped. Hmm. And that's the part of like, who is it that's filling your e-tank, you know, how are you going through your daily disciplines? How are you going through, you know, taking care of, you know, your physical health, your mental health, your sleep, your water, your intake, your, your rest time, your, your ability to recover. And 
Those are all processes that play off one another and they all have to be monitored and, and kept up on. And that's the way that we increase their capacity to handle the stressful situations that happen in life. So I love your analogy there of, of the gas tank, because mm -hmm. I think that since early 2020, um, whatever level of tank we all had has been drained. And I know that for me personally, one of the reasons that I hired you was to try and help to try and help refuel that tank. I don't feel the same today as I did in March of 2020. Um, but, but that's me. As you talk to the audience that aren't actively engaging with you on a weekly basis, um, how can they go about refilling their tank? So I think there's a couple of different ways. And this might not always be a popular uh, example, right? But the way, if you talk about like the brain is a muscle, if you don't work it, um, it's going to work you. You know what I mean? So if you're not, if you're not actively working on the brain as a muscle, it's going to atrophy. It's going to get worse. If I'm not, if I have a race that's coming up and I'm not really training, I, I don't see how then you can be ready for those type of instances. Mm. So what I mean by that is you have to work on your mind. You work on the mind, number one, kind of through coaching. But the other thing is, is you have to do hard stuff. You have to do the things that you don't want to do. And that's not a very popular you know, example, right? Well, why would I want to do something I don't want to do? Well, why do you want to get up and run at 4.30 in the morning? Because knowing that when you do that daily discipline, that never when you get done are you totally regretting it. And it's hard at the time. Like the most, our mind wants us to stay in bed. Our mind doesn't want us to hop out of bed at 4.30 and get after it. But when you start to do that, now that is how you build your capacity for being able to handle all the other stuff that comes along in life. And so I'm, I'm saying, number one, you got to find the area that re you really get energized during the day, whatever that flow is that you can kind of get into. And you got to pick hard stuff that you don't want to do. And you got to go after that stuff first. Once you go after that stuff and once you start to defeat that and overcome it, well, now what's the skill play? Now you're getting confidence. Now you're getting more belief in yourself. Now you're more relaxed. And now you can just handle the the code blues. They're going to happen then in life. So you got to be able to do the hard stuff and to be able to seek that stuff out, whatever that challenge is that you want. That's how you build it. That's what I mean. Not, not very popular uh, example, but that's how we build it. Well, it may not be popular, but I think we're here to look for solutions yeah. and to be reminded uh, for the last couple of years, uh, some of us, uh, not me, but, but there's been some people that have been, you know, really isolated and stuck at home. They've gotten out of that traditional routine that they had of getting up and going to work. I think, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, we have a name for it, you know, the great resignation with people who have, have quit their, quit their jobs. You know, they're, they're not even, they're not even doing, you know, the bare minimum of, of getting up and going to work. We've had this, this mass uh, exit from the workforce. And I'm not talking about retired people. I'm talking about people that should still be working because they, they need the money to support themselves and their family. So, you know, when I think about that, I also think about uh, the saying, you know, tough times don't last, but tough people do. You've heard that one, right, Rob? Mm -hmm. Many times, okay. man. 
So I got a question for you, you know, as we're, as we're getting through this, you know, is it possible that we could actually come out of this situation stronger or, or, or are we just going to come out more tired? Well, I think it's how we sort of approach the situation. If we approach the situation and then what we look at, and if every day we're looking up and, and we're, and we're checking out the media, then what we, you know, and, and just for any, just for instance, but what we see then is a threat. And if I'm looking at everything as a threat, everybody is a threat. Every situation is a threat. Then I'm going to get nervous. And I'm going to get anxious. If I, my attitude, my outlook is it's an opportunity. Where, where is the opportunity? Where is the opportunity that I can get better here? Where's the opportunity, whatever, you know, is going to be even the financial solution. Where's the opportunity here? If we look at everything as an opportunity, now we get excited man, what's the difference between being nervous or excited? You play golf, you know, right? Being nervous is I don't want to miss this putt. Being excited is, man, I can't wait for this putt. Put me in the situation. And then it's then that's how we need to look at things is everything as an opportunity. If we look at everything as a threat, we're going to get nervous. We're going to get anxious from it. Yeah. And that, that's tough, right? I mean, we have uh, here on my, you know, on my, my phone, I constantly am getting updates not only as to what's going on around the world, but how that's affecting the investments that I that I put myself and my clients into. And you and I've talked about this. Um, it's like like when you're playing golf and you add up your you add up your entire score every single shot, mm -hmm. right? And I, I'm a I'm a competitive golfer. You coach competitive golfers. That's that's how we originally were introduced. But we both know that, you know, if you're if you're adding up the score every second or every shot, that's not good. That drives up the anxiety and ultimately yeah. hurts the score, doesn't it? Yeah, and it hurts the store and it hurts the score and it hurts the experience. Oh. You know, be you know, being able to being able to play the game, being able to let the game play out being able to realize that we don't have control over the situation, but it hurts the experiences if we're checking our score all the time. And I think when we do that, what we're, what it's showing is, is I don't trust, I don't trust the process and I don't enjoy the process. And that's the part where, man, you got to enjoy the game and being part of it. You know, I, I, I always save this quote cause I love this one. I hope it's okay to share this one, Derek, please. But it's, some battles aren't worth fighting even if you win. I think of that quote, some battles aren't worth fighting even if you win. I look at an argument with my wife, right? If I win that argument, I don't win the argument. No. That's not the battle I want to fight. But sometimes my mind wants to get in there because I know I'm right, right? Well, I can be right or I can be happy. But the best part about that quote is some battles are worth fighting even if you lose. Some battles are worth fighting even if you lose. Do you want the shot? Because we can't have it both ways, right? You can't have 100% safe and then to be able to grow your assets at the same time. You, you, you cannot have it both ways. You have to be in the game in order to play. And if you're in the game, well, now then you just look at what are the possibilities that could happen. Do you want the shot? If you don't want the shot, there's just a lot of people that just don't want the shot. It's fine. You stay on the sidelines. But I've always been under the impression that, uh, under the impression that I'm going to miss. That's okay, but I want the shot. 
because that, that's mm-hmm. the only way that you're going to be able to get the win, get the the positive experience out of it. And I just think it's a lot more fun. I love the fact of what you just said there that it doesn't, you know, checking the results every 30 seconds. It, it, it one, it does not help the results. And two, it, it takes away from the experience. And that kind of goes into what I was talking about before that me checking the results of our investment performance every three minutes took away from the experience that I could have had with the only three-year-old daughter I'm ever going to have. And everybody listening, you know, this isn't about me. Everybody that's listening to this right now can, can resonate that, Hey, I, I had an experience and it was, and it was taken away because of my worry and anxiety about me checking the score on something that was completely unrelated to what, what I was doing at that time. So I love the fact that you said that. And, and, uh, and, and that's a big takeaway uh, for me as we're getting out of this and talking about really enjoying the experience. Um, it hasn't been very enjoyable lately. Um, but there's no reason for that because this is what markets do. Markets go up and down over time. Mm-hmm. And when you sign up to be a stock market investor, you're literally signing up for this kind of volatility. So when it happens um, for us to run from it, seems kind of, well, it's counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah. It's what's the most precious back to the, what game are we playing? Right. What's the most precious resource that we have? And I, I 100%, I still think it's time Yeah, because we can't get the time back. We can always make more money, but we can't make more time. And how are we investing that? And if we allow the outside influences to affect our time, even with the loved ones, well, we got to look at it in terms of we've all made that mistake that you've made. I've made it. We've all made it. And it sucked the joy out of that experience that we were able to have. The The one thing is not to beat ourselves up too much about that, but to realize, hey, that was an instance. Here's the way it made me feel. The next time I'm going to have that feeling, what's going to be my my strategy for it? And, and you mentioned something earlier that I love, man. It's like, you know, we always, we have the plan in place for those stressful times. I remember Jeff Van Gundy, the coach of the Knicks, I heard him talk. And he said, we talk about all stressful situations in non-stressful environments. They didn't want a timeout with 10 seconds left, wondering who's going to be taking each shot and what play we're going to run. They already had it worked out. So they were able just to have everybody take a deep breath. Let's focus. This is the play we're doing, you know, 21 blast, wherever it was going to be in in basketball. But it was like, talk about all stressful situations in non-stressful environments. And I think even when it comes to our family situations, how are we going to handle this? Hey, how are we going to approach it? Those are great conversations to have because then you understand where people's trigger, where people's triggers are, and then we can kind of navigate that 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 competition piece against our own mind. That's great. That's great. You know, Warren Buffett. He has a famous quote, and I, 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 at one point I had a poster of this, but it said, "We don't have to be smarter than the rest. We have to be more disciplined than the rest." Now, this this is interesting because it may come from one of the smartest investors of all time in Warren Buffett. Yet, let me read it to you again. We don't have to be smarter than the rest. We have to be more disciplined than the rest. 
when you hear that, what comes to mind? Well, I love discipline, man. I think discipline's great. Discipline. I lasts. know you do. That's yeah. why. That's why I teed up this conversation. Yeah, for you. I, do. I do appreciate that, man. That was awesome. <laughs> that's a benefit about having a relationship, not coming in cold to an interview, man. Yeah. I mean, I love discipline because discipline shows up way more than motivation. It's getting back to the habits that we've got. I mean, when I hear that one, it's there's what's the law in economics too, right? Like extremely good times or extremely bad times don't last. We know that we're going to be living in the middle of things more often than not. Yeah. And when we do that, we're always getting back to the discipline of action bias. What do I mean by that? Why do coaches call timeouts when they're trying to ice a kicker? I can show you stats that show icing the kicker does not work. But coaches, NFL coaches, college coaches, they still do it. Why? Because there's an action bias. They are so focused on, I've got a timeout, I might as well use it. Look, there's something I can do. I might as well do something. Well, that's getting out of the discipline of, of what – we're supposed to do right now. Now we're acting on impulse. Now we're acting on, you know, the, the situation and we have an action bias. So we automatically revert back to, well, it's some, it's better to do something than it is to do nothing. Because if I do nothing, well, I don't have control of the situation. If I have, you know, I, this lane isn't moving. I might as well go in the right lane. Cause that, <laughs> that lane's moving. What happens right then the left lane starts moving. We all know that's true. Yeah. And, and that's what we kind of get back to. That's what I hear when it gets back to the discipline. The discipline piece, man. The discipline piece, when you exercise that in our own lives, I think it translates into our professional lives as well, and we're able to execute that stuff. You know, I out of everything we've talked about, I think that I think that your description there of the action bias might be my – what is it? Yeah, it, it, it might be my favorite part. And, and the reason that I say that is because when in my world, you know, today with with everything that's going on, uh, I'm positive that the market that the, the phone's going to be ringing and I'll be talking to several clients um, today later. But, you know, what they're going to be asking me is what do we do? What do we do? And unfortunately, you know, uh, Russia has already invaded Ukraine. The market has already dropped. And, um, and my answer is going to be nothing. We have a process in place. And it doesn't mean that the investment managers that we've hired, it doesn't mean that the that, that the strategies that they have will be won't do anything. They'll they'll continue to run their play. But from our level, from a client level, and from my level, it's not a good time to switch strategies. It's not a good time to take action. And yet that's going to be exactly what, um, what people don't want to hear. They're going to want to feel as though, hey, it may not be the right move, but I feel like I need to make some move. And, and so I'm going to hear that all day. And so I, I love that you said that because I spent probably about 45 minutes thinking about, um, uh, thinking about that concept this morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing about progress too, right? Like progress happens so slowly 
that we don't see it. But the setbacks happen so fast that you can't ignore it. And then it's back to what, what's the game you're playing? We're going to stay disciplined here. So, We're stay with you know, as we start wrapping this thing up, I, I, you know, I want to get into specifically, you know, the news. <laughs> well, I thought we were just getting going. I want to get I want to get right into, you know, Sorry, the man. news that we all woke up with this morning. And that is the fact that Russia has, in fact, invaded Ukraine. And as expected, you know, we all woke up with the stock market down two to three percent, depending upon when you looked at it. And just as I always do, I get that feeling in my stomach. Um, that one that you and I've talked about, it's the same feeling that I get in other anxious situations. Rob, what is that? What 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 is that feeling that I'm getting? And and how do I get it to stop? Because I don't like it. Yeah, that's always your gut. You know, the gut. <laughs> it it, it's it's basically it's just like this. It's you know, when when a stressful situation happens it it sort of puts like an implant into our mind about that was a painful experience that just happened and the mind i don't want that to happen again so the way that it translates into our, our body is all right stressful situation huge pain and it, and it kind of creates this callus in our body that this is where it's gonna hold the fear it's gonna hold there for when we're gonna need it most right i don't know how you are but i've always got a spot up above my right shoulder, right? So it doesn't matter how well I'm stretched out. This is where the knot is going to form all the time. You know, and it's the same thing, the way our emotional mind works. It's going to store that stressful environment. So that next time anything remotely close to the stress or fear, it's going to ignite that same type of feeling, you know, with that full body anxiety, that part where, you know, we just can't get the mind to be quiet and we can't sleep, you know, and it's affecting all the different processes that come into play. That's why, you know, one situation can can revert back to another because it, it just holds stress, you know, the same exact way. Yeah, you know, I have a client and um, he trades some of his own accounts as well, and he, he does quite well with it. And him and I, we talk a lot. And um, when stuff like this happens, he, you know, he has said to me, I think that you just have to have ice in your veins. It sounds appealing, mm -hmm. but what are your thoughts on this statement and, and how can we d develop that kind of toughness? Yeah, that's a good one, right? It's like, you'll, you'll see somebody at the line, they, well, they just hit those free throws. They got ice in their veins, right? They yeah. make that putt, they got ice in their veins. You know, if you look at cold-blooded animals, cold-blooded, or, or that person's cold-blooded, Cold-blooded animals, they, it's actually kind of the opposite. You know, their skin temperature goes according to the climate that they're going to be in. We're not like that. So it's actually the opposite, man. It's actually like, you just want to stay cool, calm, and collected. I just think about, look, it's about being a first responder. We're all first responders. You got to respond to the situation, don't react. I think our reactions, that's what's 90% they're wrong. We get cut off in traffic, we react, it's going to be wrong. My daughter hits me with some kind of information, I react right away, it's going to be wrong. But now if I can take a breath, de-stress, decompress, then I'm going to respond, I'm going to usually make the right decision. To wrap this up, Rob, uh, what do you want to say to our audience? 
I appreciate you having me on, man. I mean, you know, I think you're a fantastic guy. I know you do excellent work for your clients. And, you know, I listen to podcasts as well that you put out there, man, all those episodes. I mean, it's good. It's, it's great stuff. Um, the part that I can share is this is, and this is the one that I always get back to, but you know, it all works out in the end. If it hasn't, it's just not the end. Hmm. And the proof of that is it has so far, it's worked out so far. Now people want to poke holes in that and say, well, it didn't work out in this instance. Wait a minute. No, we just never let go of that instance. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. Right. Uh, a sailboat is off course 99% of the time. How do they do it is by making these small adjustments. They don't throw out, well, this, this navigational map obviously doesn't work. No, they stay with the map, but they just make, they tack, right? They use the wind. They make small adjustments. That's, that's all we're going to be doing in life. And I believe it that we're constantly getting better, working on different areas, or one way or another, we're just getting worse. We're regressing. But that's why I always get back to that quote. It all works out in the end. If it hasn't, it's just not the end. You just got to stay in it, stay focused, allow people to speak in truth into your life and have that connection because that's the relationships, man, is, is what we always get back to. And are you exercising the discipline, the, but the gratitude and perspective in life too? Those are the gifts I think that really just keep on giving. I love that. So I think this has been a great conversation. If 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 the audience wants to wants to find you, Rob, and find some of the work that you've done, the books that you've written, how do they find you? Well, I appreciate that plug, man. I mean, always, right? You got to pick up the book, uh, Puke and Rally. It's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. They can go to pukeandrallybook.com. My website's drrobbell.com. And my podcast, 15 Minutes Mental Toughness. And I'm kind of anywhere... Uh, people search hard enough, man, they can find Dr. Rob Bell. So <laughs> I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks a lot. Brian, why don't you close this out, buddy? Alrighty. Thanks guys. Hey, look, really appreciate you both carving some time out of your day to be with us and our audience today. Great conversation on mental toughness. Appreciate also a little bit of a, a peel back of the curtain into your guys's, you know, personal and professional relationship as a whole. Really fun to kind of see that unfold, but, uh, but look, Hey, we also obviously want to say, one final thank you to our audience who jumped aboard here on the Facebook Live with us today. Uh, you know, if you took something away from today's conversation, you benefited it in any way, do us a favor, like this kind of content, comment on it in future episodes, subscribe to these episodes that you see on other platforms or wherever you are watching us. And then, of course, share this information, right, with friends, family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations that we're having here on Modern Wealth Management. As you know, Derek and I, you know, we, we dive into some different wealth management related strategies. We have some great guests on other shows we've got great topics teed up for future episodes that we would hate to have you miss out on down the road so always be sure to head back right here to the modern well or excuse me the monon wealth management facebook page for updates on when our new episodes are going to be dropping so for dr rob bell and Derek hutchins i'm ryan ruff we're going to go ahead and say so long but we appreciate you guys being with us on today's installment of modern wealth management <laughs>